um, and I was doing graphic design for them, sort of working across uh, the in-store and web experience. So making sure there was some consistency across like the two. And that was an interesting place. I got to see all... <laughs> God, how did we get here? Um, it's best not to think about that with this show. Yeah. <laughs> the how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and... <laughs> Tremendous start. <laughs> Why would I start by hitting the table? What's wrong with me? All right, all right, all right. Um, hi. Hello and welcome to Did I Do That? Um, it's a podcast. What do I say here? <laughs> Get the damn car. It's a it's a podcast about the mistakes we make on the way to making graphic design because it's all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher. And today, not joining me, is a special guest, which means that there isn't anyone here. I'm here by myself, although there is a kind of a stuffed animal on my desk that is kind of staring at me, head sort of cocked quizzically as though it it's very skeptical about the things that are about to happen. And I, I, if I'm being frank with you, I think... Uh, I think probably it's right in its perception that probably this is going to be a, a, a nonsensical time. So this is the end of 2021. Uh, wait, no, 2022. What year is it? <laughs> it's the end of 2022. Um, Jesus. Um, time flies when you're not having fun, huh? But uh, yeah, I thought uh, since this is kind of the close of our of our first year, and I know there's some some newer listeners that have have joined in the program, uh, that maybe it would be good to to take a minute to go back and and revisit some of the maybe not the best moments, but the funniest moments from uh, our very first season, which ran about this time in 2021 to I don't know, like May. You know, there's 15 episodes in there um, and, you know, you can always go back and listen to them, but that's 15 hours of content. And I don't know if you have that much time uh, if you're a new listener. So, you know, I figured maybe this is a, a fun little alternative that, you know, might give you some context about like what the show is and, and, you know, what some of those guests are. And also the editing will be better on this than it was during those episodes. But yeah, so um, I, I think this is going to be a really fun time and um it's goofy and silly, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, we're going to be back in January. Um, I don't know the date. Maybe I should find out what the date is, huh? That would be a good thing for to put in here, huh? <laughs> Whatever the next Thursday is after this comes out. So this is coming out. This is coming out December 28th, um, right, right before the new year. Squarely in that week between Christmas and New Year's where just absolutely nothing is, is even possible. Our next episode is going to be coming out January 12th, 2023. Um, I'm still writing 2017 on my checks, but that's only because I haven't gotten new checks in several years. Uh, so uh, anyway, that is kind of like what we've got on the docket for today. <laughs> I really don't know how to end this intro. <laughs> If you're wondering, do I have anything prepared right now? The answer is absolutely I don't. I did not think that far ahead at all. And I just I just got here. I just got to the studio. It is freezing outside. It is terrible, terrible today. 
and my 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 hands are just quivering with cold and the studio is about as warm as you would expect a closet next to a parking structure to be so yeah anyway that's <laughs> i still don't know i thought that would buy me some time and it really didn't oh boy uh how do i get myself out of this uh, uh... actually uh, maybe i'll end with a <laughs> since it's the end of the year maybe i'll end with a special thought of thanks for you all um because you uh helped to make this show grow and uh get bigger and stronger and better and now it can fight other shows and just really do some damage with its punches you bought this show brass knuckles i don't know why you did that i wish you hadn't it's it's such a bad choice on your part but like okay so anyway thank you for buying the show brass knuckles and i really hope uh i hope you're enjoying it and i hope you uh hope you tune in um for the the shows coming up in 2023 because i i think we got some good ones in there okay Every time I get close to ending and I I don't I truly don't know how to end. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. All right. Here's more clips. Okay, bye. Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? Is it too dumb? No, I really like that actually because um, I, it's funny, speaking of the program, I had this idea that I still want to do. I had this idea when I was still a student here and, uh, and I, and I really, I really want to do it is we have it on the walls when it's, when it's the, in the before times, <laughs> so, so long, long ago. Yeah. When we actually had people in buildings, yeah, uh, the walls were always filled with work. And it was always the finished work and it was always the work that was kind of the peak of school. It was great to be able to walk through and flip through it and get a sense of what other students are doing and feel, you know, really bad about yourself. (laughs) 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 Feel challenged for your next project. That's a better way to put it. And uh, except that the part of the the part of the process that I really enjoy the most is the things that we've really just abandoned. And, And sometimes you have to abandon work halfway through to get to better work. And we've all done that. I certainly did that oh god where so many nearly done with a project and realizing nothing about this is working (laughs) (laughs) i'm literally going to go back to my sketchbook and throw it away well i want to have a wall in each of the restrooms that's called like uh, i don't even know like like a museum of of discarded work yeah uh, of this (laughs) Of the stuff that we were initially proud of, or maybe stuff that we had to abandon because it was a good idea, but we didn't have enough time. Yeah. You know, any number of reasons to abandon it, that's still valuable. And it would just be really funny to put in the bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) So I worked on one of the... um, a Fuji Xerox printer, and it was a really interesting project because everything was in kanji. We had to use oh, this is like a proper systems. imported. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, we worked all in kanji, which was hilarious because I didn't understand anything. That's actually a really good test of like an operating system. Yeah. If you can if you can figure it out yeah. without understanding the language, yeah. then, then they've designed it right. Yeah. But what it did was it made me not try to read dialogue boxes for the rest of my life. <laughs> 
because I just always assumed that it was like in a language I didn't understand. So I just clicked the button before even attempting to read. Oh, wait, that was English. Dang it. Come back. It's it's trained you well for this era of everything needs a 10 minute walkthrough before you're allowed to use it. Um, this is what the OK button does. All right. Great. Thank you, software. Um, I love, sign up I for our newsletter. <laughs> Hey, do you like our site you haven't seen yet? Please sign up for our Please newsletter and we'll give newsletter. you 10% off of the, the uh, products that you you've, you've, don't know you're about to look at. You've been on this site for exactly one tenth of a second. So yeah. you need to subscribe to hear all of Anderson Cooper's good thoughts just every day. <laughs> and he's definitely writing it. It's not yes. someone else. And also, let's disguise the clothes box so you can't ever, ever oh, get to the Oh, that's the website. most important part. You, yeah. Maybe the way to get rid of the dialogue is also you have to say like, I don't want to get smarter. That's my favorite form of this. Oh, I do love that. I don't want to save money. I hate saving I wish money. It, I wish it said, like, I don't want to save money by spending money, which is really what it should say. <laughs> and then I started working at Rochester Institute of Technology, my alma mater, and as a senior designer there. And I worked there for 12 years. Oh. Uh, so I designed their athletics mascot, shifted it from the one they had during the 80s and 90s, made a, a bit more contemporary version of that. There's a whole nother hour podcast on that discussion <laughs> um, because admissions started the process, which is weird, right? Admissions was like, let's make a new athletics logo. That is very weird. Yeah. Why would they care? Um, is it a draw? There was a, lot, there was a lot of energy around the athletics because the hockey team during that time was, oh. was uh, what's the right word? The word that's hopping in my head is elite, but that wasn't it. They were just stunning. They were remarkable. So the energy on campus with athletics was intense. So admissions wanted to capitalize, right? So I did a rough rendering. It was eh, eh, as far as quality goes. <laughs> and they're like, okay, you know, we, we like it. Let's push it a little bit farther. So I started the design for it. Design was going well, but it, there was something quirky about it. I'm like, it's just not something just isn't right with it. And sure enough, the athletics department caught wind that we were working on it because I also did a lot of the publications for the athletics department. So I was, you know, good friends and colleagues Wait, with those folks. So the athletics department didn't even know that this was happening until this stage of the process. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we had oh, a very... No. And I don't know if he's still there. So I, I should be cautious because um, we had a... He was very proud of his athletics department. The guy that was running athletics. Yeah. And he definitely said, well, there's no way that some clown in, in the administration is going to be working on our athletics logo. That's <laughs> ours and our property. So I had to hand over all the work that I did. Like, oh, like literally hand over the... All the illustrations. Oh, my God. All, the, all my work in Adobe Illustrator. Uh, everything that I had created thus far, I had to give to them. And they hired an outside agency from another town to finish it. <laughs> Um, which was fine, uh, but I always bring this point up too because we talk about this in class, right? You know, we talk about these, as you said, mistakes and and, and whatnot through yeah. our professional experience. Um, if you look at the head of the tiger, RIT Tigers, it's it's great. If you look at the rest of the tiger, it's great as well, right? But I'm sure the layman doesn't see it, but as a designer. They basically took what I had created and then designed the body. And they, they oh. polished it up a little bit. <laughs> no. They polished the head up. And they did a great job. Yeah. They, they polished it up. And it looks wonderful, right? I was very proud of that. But then they, they did the rest of the tiger's body, you know, the 
the four limbs and the tail, and he's pouncing through the air. And you can look and say, that head is attached to a body. It's not done in the same so vein. A, li- a little Frankenstein, perhaps? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, the, the layman won't notice it. But if you point it out and you start looking at it, you're like, huh, yeah, that doesn't quite <laughs> match up. Um but only a, I think only a trained eye is going to pick up on it. Yeah. You well, know. I'm sure that it's only printed everywhere oh, on gosh. every piece of merchandise that the school is selling. <laughs> exactly. So. You know, it's a proud moment. They're still using it. Um, that same energy of how well the team was doing, they went through the Frozen Four. That what? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, what it's called? Yeah, it's, it's called the Frozen Four. Yeah. And in the Northeast. That seems like the punishment one. That's where the worst teams should go. <laughs> the Frozen Four. Yeah. yeah. The tropical four maybe is the <laughs> the victory. Yeah, held in Detroit, Michigan. Right, where else would you have a frozen four? But <laughs> in in Detroit, I think they move around though. But that's where it was. Got to be somewhere cold. Yeah. So there's this tiger head that I had created. I didn't finish, but you know, I'm still the original designer, and even the publications department, which is the department I worked under, in the administration's department said. No, you you are the designer of that. And I thought that was very respectful, even though an outside agency finished it. Yeah. You know? But and they that, still gave me credit. That for is it. so weird, too, that they would just like not. I mean, I guess it must have been to their benefit as the outside agency just to be like, well, we like this and we don't want to reset the process entirely. Yeah. But then why was athletics so angry? Well, <laughs> just like ownership. Yeah. There wasn't a problem with yeah, where the, the design was, was going. Yeah. And it was even, so there's a bronze tiger statue on campus oh. of an actual tiger that lived on campus back in the, the forties. I'm sorry, what? Yes. RIT had a real live tiger mascot that lived on campus. Where? <laughs> I, I don't know the details. What? Yeah. Just I don't, free roaming? Fr- Richie. Richie the tiger. Richie the tiger. Yeah. And um, Richie the tiger devoured four freshmen today. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he just hung out in the student lounge. Yeah. So, you it's know. Always smoking weed in there. God, Richie. Just like. <laughs> oh, go back to your dorm. Yeah. You know, then here I am, uh, art director, going from designer to art director. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't call myself art director. I felt, felt totally wrong. I mean, now I don't think people have a problem doing that, but <laughs> I felt weird. I just called, I said I was a designer for pitch, but uh, I was in over my head. I mean, I can say it now. I don't think I was admitting it to myself at the time, but I thought, oh, this is no problem. It's, it's a black and white magazine. Yeah, sure. It's 96 pages, but. Um, was it was it a monthly at that? Time? No, no, quarterly. Okay, you know, and the cover was in color. You know, at first I thought, yeah, no problem. You know, I was I felt a little like this is not going to be a problem. But once <laughs> I was in there, how much? But that's like ninety percent of starting out in design, though. Is yeah, like, this this will be fine. Yeah, yeah. And and then I get there, and of course the bitch offices do not have the posh things that I was used to, like a printer that printed with Postscript. Oh no, so, that seems quite basic, even then. I know. It was very, so I'd print things out. They would be pixelated. And I I, I forget, I I had a workaround. I forget what it was. Like I had to do so much troubleshooting, like, you know, as a, as a designer in the, in the early 2000s and then the nineties, you had to be able to just troubleshoot a lot. Yeah. And like, there's so many things we take for granted now of just like you send a thing to a printer and it looks like the thing that you sent, but like Postscript was like this very, 
I mean, I think Adobe still charges 10 bazillion dollars to use it, mm. which is why so few printers have it for real now and just have like knockoff things. Knockoff, yeah. But like that was like the only thing that you could have in your printer that would make it print good. Otherwise, it would just yeah, be it's like just funny because this was this had to be 2001, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> printers. I, we talk about printers as like they've not gotten any better in a long time, but there was a period where they were just bad. Yeah. Unless you were spending five thousand dollars. Yeah. On a I mean, that was a problem for this little magazine. There was an issue that was done right before the previous art director left. We needed to make some postcards with the image that they photographed. So we used to use this printer called Four by Six, which is one of these online printers. Those already existed where you just oh wow send in a PDF and they print it. You'd only get a soft proof. That was my first time dealing with a printer like that. Now, keep in mind, I had had these print buyers who sat in a desk right next to me who helped me with all the stuff and they worked with printers who would check your files. Yeah. Like so, to, get a, to get a thing printed, there's like even now, there's still a lot of people that have eyes on it and are touching it and mm-hmm. will probably complain at you about various things. Right. It was the pink issue and it was all these, what are those Easter uh, marshmallow? Oh, the peeps. The peeps. It, were, it was pink peeps. Uh oh. And everyone loved the shit out of this cover. And I was so so I I made this postcard with the <laughs> It's already starting at a dangerous yeah. place. And we were making postcards for it. I we were gonna sell the postcards as, you know, oh, in our shop. No. And I submitted it as an RGB file. Oh no. And they don't that printer, they just gang everything up. They don't check anything. So yeah, RGB is the visual, like the color system of the screen and CMYK is the color system of print. And like, I, it's always been like you do, you do files in CMYK if you're going to print them. Right. Um, And if you do RGB in the print, it looks bad. But I, we, we we had a field trip to a a printer here in town and we talked to a pre-press person and he straight up told us, do not send us files in CMYK. Send us RGB files. And it was, it felt like he punched me in the mouth. (laughs) Well, I bet they have, now I guess they have software that probably does something automatically. The moral of this story is to ask your printer what they want. Yes. But in this case, you were meant to we were meant to convert it and software did not convert it for you and they did not check shit for you. No. So it came out really washed out. And the person who took the photo was the husband of the co-founder. And he was pissed. Oh, no. And he was oh, he was no. not friendly. He was like a curmudgeon. And I can say this because they're divorced now. <laughs> And she is still a very close friend of mine, but he made me feel like shit. Oh, God. Keep in mind, this was probably 50 bucks. Yeah. And every cent counted for the magazine because it was we weren't a nonprofit yet. But, you know, every penny counted. But at the same time, it was like, you're not really helping. I realize I made a mistake. There's not anything we can do about it. I learned my lesson and I'm sorry it was your photograph. But, you know, the irony of it being a feminist publication and this dude just losing his shit because his photo came out washed out. It's like, we're not going to use them. okay? I, you know, that was like, wow, I that really hurt. Like I had never been. And it sounds funny now. It was just some postcards that were sent to a printer, like one of these (laughs) online printers. But I do remember just feeling like I massively fucked up. And then I, I I think I talked to my dad about it. Who's, who's always a calming voice for me. And anytime I've gone to him to talk about career stress, his response is usually something like, is anyone going to die? Yeah. Um, That's such a, yeah. Like that's the perspective. Yeah. It's like, it's, 
like those fuck ups that happen like really early, mm-hmm. like they have so much more uh, impact weight to yeah. them because you feel like you'll never live it down. You're right. And like and, and like we see this with students all the time, like, you know, you'll you'll have a student who like they're in the page layout class and they do a print wrong and they'll mm-hmm. like never want to print anything right, ever again. Right. right. Um, so you, you have to like, you have to cancel, counsel them through, like you learned the bad way of doing it and now you can try it again and it will right. get better. In the safety of school. Yeah. Or the safety of an internship. You can do that. Yeah. Stuff. And it's like that dude sucks. <laughs> so like if you're in an environment where somebody is going to treat you like dirt for that also, yeah. like that's not maybe. I mean, he wasn't an employee. He was a freelancer and, Ugh. um, you know, it was, he was out of the picture. I mean, he's out of the picture and everything, but. It wasn't long before he would not talk to me like that. My confidence grew and I, you know, he, he was asking me for advice on shit. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard when you're young and you're still gaining your, you know, confidence in your discipline. I think that was where we were. What the (laughs) fuck are we talking about? I love it. I'm not mad at it. It's so hard to keep track of where anything was in the show. Oh, actually, maybe this is a good place. Did you bring in any work or anything to talk about from your past? Or, oh. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we could could just. What? (laughs) What do you mean? How do I show work? Yeah. I probably I think we exchanged that email like two. Months oh, ago. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't know there were expectations. I uh, we could also do story. I mean, Kate didn't have any work when she was on here. She told well, how a story. do I show work? What are you talking about? It's you know an what, though? inherently flawed idea. I That's would... the problem. Well, I I kind of gotten the sense from your your Tumblr. What I remember was you were like a photographer because you had so many great photos on there that I was like, oh wow, you've got cool. Look at this cool photo person that I know. Yeah, at that time, I think I maybe thought I was gonna like go back to school and get an MFA in photography, but that dream died like as soon as I moved to Portland and realized that the light is terrible here, and I just stopped. <laughs> Because I, you know, I moved here from the South where yes. everything's gorgeous all the time. And I was just like, wait a second. Was it <laughs> North, North Carolina where you were from? Mm-hmm, or? Yeah. I believe you actually brought in some some things that you wanted to share from your design past, from the design that, that came before. And they're, they're college things, if I recall. They are copies of UNC Greensboro's publication, The Karate. The Karate. Mm-hmm, which is... Oh, it's not <laughs> not C O R A D D I. What a what a tease of a name oh, that is. I know. It's, there's, I'm trying to remember the history. So this was like so it's a big UNC school that was formerly like a women's college. Oh, interesting. And the name comes from three societies, like the Corinian, the Adelian, and something else. Mm. Anyway, so it's like a weird hybrid fake word. But um, this was. Basically, my design education was like working on the art and literary magazine when I was in school. I mean, that was how I I learned layout for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) there's no better way than you have to ship a thing at a specific time. (laughs) Yeah. And we somehow had like money. Yeah. To print stuff back then, too. Was I also had that was UNC Greensboro also like kind of not good with having money? 
I would say so. I mean, I think all of the UNC schools are like pretty decently funded and like maybe it's like a Southern thing. They're just like kind of like very tidy and nice. Yeah. Um, I remember our budget for the year was $40,000, which 40 is... grand! Which includes we could print Holy whatever hell. we wanted. We got to pay the editors. And oh, we you could paid. actually pay people for this. And we, yeah, we, and we had like prizes for like our top submissions. Holy hell! Isn't that wild? How did this, how did this happen? Where did this money the come from? Fees. Oh. <laughs> how many of these did you have to do a year? Two. Two. Wow. 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 That's a lot of money to be. <laughs> I, I'm i guessing these were pretty sizable print runs, too. You must have printed a lot of these. Well, I believe we did runs of a thousand, which was a minimum. Oh, well, I mean, that's all all the more budget you can invest in him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, Here's something I got to tell you, though, Sean. OK. OK. Karate was never cool when it counted. This is a good piece of North Carolina design history. OK. Um, At some point, some students from Black Mountain College, like, submitted work to karate oh no because it was you know regional arts magazine sure students from all the schools could have submitted work and whoever the editors were at the time wrote back and they called black mountain college a cesspool of commies and queers <laughs> oh <laughs> hmm. uh, <laughs> which hmm. i remember the editor who was the editor before me found hmm. that <laughs> and we like were scandalized we thought our art magazine was so cool but they were you know a little stuffy <laughs> Wow. Mm, that's ugh. that's not a fun that's not a fun thing to find out about your predecessors. Mm-mm. Not at all. Not <laughs> perhaps not the bastion of cool. They weren't that cool. No. Not where it counted. My first teaching job um outside of grad school was at Mississippi State University, 2004, 2008. Go dogs. Um, but that's, the, I, that's it's not an inspiring rallying cry. <laughs> hey, go, go, shoe dogs, go, dogs, go, go dogs. Get out of here. Bully the bulldog was the mascot for, Ooh. I know. Did, was it an actual bulldog yes. wearing like a like there, a Letterman jacket? They, it was a, they have a, 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 a very um, deep, um, love for the bully, the bulldog family at Mississippi State. There are generations of bullies. Um, this, this is a bulldog breeding program that yes. they're running. Oh no! I'm not even kidding you. Like, there's been many bullies, and they all are. They're all related. So, <laughs> bully comes out um, at the beginning of football season. Bully, yeah, but football's big. How so. do they? I assume the bullies retire at some point and they have do. to be replaced. I think they die, and then they. Have but is another. is there just like a period where? I mean, every dog that I know that gets really old, they're just they're very slow. I mean, I think they get retired and then like then their offspring like takes over. But I I love the idea of we're opening the football game and everyone runs out. And and then then there's like this like geriatric little puppy. It's like, I got to do this again. Oh, man, I'm so (laughs) sick of this. (laughs) (sighs) 
it was funny going through trying to figure out like what is the oldest piece of graphic design ish things that I've touched. Yeah. And then it was also weird for me to think like, oh, I actually did do a loosely air quotes graphic design in my undergrad, which I was studying marketing. Yeah. So I had no business trying to <laughs> make any sort of graphic piece of work that I brought with us. So so you had not had any sort of formal art education? No, not at all. No, nothing. Stage. So I put on all the concerts for the university. Like I was given a budget of $20,000 a year to bring people in and, Damn. and put on shows. And if I didn't spend it all, I lost it. And I had like a staff of volunteers who helped run the shows and stuff. And so I had a radio show with a indie sort of radio station. I feel like the beginning of gig posters was happening and so I was really into that and I even hired some gig poster artists to do the posters for the show when I had the budget for it. It was a good time putting all these shows together and I, I could go on about like the different bands. This is how I met Modest Mouse. This is Which, I met Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Like, there you, was a have weird... you ever told the story of your Modest Mouse experience on anything? No. Because I... <laughs> that's kind of a wild I don't think I have story. either. And I almost brought one of those but I didn't design that poster. That was actually a good poster one even though it was a super small show for like 400 people yeah but i brought some pieces that were smaller shows or i mean i'm surprised i didn't get one done for the henry rollins like yeah i was that's the one that's sitting right on top he's got that sort of like 19th century painting thing where no matter where you are in the room he's looking at you oh yeah and he's very angry very intimidating (laughs) well and the funniest thing I actually have never told this story, I think, on any sort of recording of it, which I think will be exclusive. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is this is uh, definitely ex- some exclusive information. You can cut that. <laughs> but um, It's exclusive, everybody. Yeah. It was a spoken word event, which he was doing pretty like heavily at the time, touring the country, doing spoken word. I went to school at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington, which is the middle of nowhere, eastern Washington. Lots of snow in the winter. Ooh. And I remember it being this crazy incident where he was flying into the Spokane airport, was supposed to, I think, take a small plane down to our university. Oh, no. But the flights had been canceled or something. Like, he couldn't take a, a flight. And so I had to drive to Spokane in my crappy little Saturn that I had like inherited from an uncle. Actually, I think I paid for, but they... You, uh, you always end up paying for yeah, Saturn yeah. one way or another. It's such a weird car. Um, <laughs> what if we made a car entirely out of plastic? Yeah. So, yeah. Weird, so it's I'm, bad. Yeah, and so I'm driving that in this insane snowstorm. Oh, my God. And I can't even remember how... That's like a one-wheel drive car. Yeah, and I'm trying <laughs> to remember how... like traction. I think it's sure. like an hour-long drive. I'm not exactly sure, but it's a decent amount of time. I get to the airport, and he's waiting outside in a t-shirt and like pants that are I think were ripped or like very just like his uniform yeah yeah like not prepared for a snowstorm <laughs> um, how long had he been standing outside like I don't this? know that I mean yeah that's that's a good question I wish I had more like better documentation maybe, of maybe this he's just one period. of those guys that's just like oh yeah I need to cool off yeah. let me just dip myself into the cold air oh Yeah, I mean, and he probably could withstand most things, but he... (laughs) 
<laughs> so, There's only one way to find out. Yeah. So he gets in the car and we're driving back to Pullman. And I, we're already, I think at that point, already noticing like we're late. The performance is going to like. Oh, God. It's this close? That, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was that God. day. And we're driving. And then all of a sudden my windshield wipers freeze off of the windshield. <laughs> It was so cold and icy and we had to like pull over and get out and he gets out with me and is like, I just remember having this like, this is so surreal. Henry Rollins is standing on the other side of my car and we're in a snowstorm and we're scraping the ice off of my windshield wipers. And I'm like, this is like a a once in a life, like, I don't even know, like it, it still doesn't seem real to me. But and I mean, I was kind of like I had I don't never like continued listening to him. It would be amazing if he somehow worked it into one of his shows because <laughs> it's de- it was definitely like material that he could have used. And there's more than that. So oh. we get to the university. I had to introduce him to a huge ballroom of people that had been waiting. I can't remember how late we were. So you're like getting out of the car and you're straight into yeah. the auditorium yeah wow and i'm not like a talk in front of people person let alone yeah like how, a, how many people do you think were there there was probably i want to say around a thousand thousand people wow yeah so i'd introduce him and i told a little mini story of like why we were late <laughs> did his performance was great then the next day i remember i like went to class came back from class and i had a message the weirdest thing is i I think I had my phone somehow hooked up to my computer. And so I had like answer oh. machine on my computer and it was a message from Henry saying, Hey Jason, it's Henry. I'm stuck here at the airport and he needed to go. I can't remember what the deal was. He's and he was like asking, screwed by this airport yeah, over and, he and was over again. Asking for a ride. I later found out through like, I think it was his management because I don't think I talked to him again. There was like somebody that was also stuck with him that was transporting like rats that were like okay to be experimented on and (laughs) what even and that guy gave him a ride well and i I mean our the university is like an ag school so there was all sorts of like (laughs) crazy animal i think experiments going on as far as i know just doing a little uber pool with henry rollins and the rat guy (laughs) which i wish i would have been there for that that's a double act really you know the rat guy's the opener but you know half the crowd's there to see him yeah when you're a kid we mainly had the bowling alley the movie theater and then we had a youth center but majority of the time in the neighborhoods you would just kind of like click up with the neighborhood kids I mean, I guess as you would anywhere, but I feel like we were pretty, the crew that I had, we were pretty scrappy where we kind of made our own little clubhouse. Oh, really? And uh, looking back, I'm like, we were gross. We would take... (laughs) 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 We would... (laughs) That feels like a kid's space. Yeah, Yeah, we would take just like random furniture that people would throw away that would be like on the side of the street. And like, <laughs> we would just probably has a sign on it that says "bed bugs." Do right. Not touch. <laughs> we would just like take things and essentially like place it in our little clubhouse. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, ew. Why did we actually do that? But um, so we had a little clubhouse, but then we also uh was next to a little field where we would play kickball. 
And That's pretty good. Yeah, I had the idea to like try to raise money to buy bases and like a legit kickball because I feel like the kickballs were, you know, like the red rubber yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, It's um, got a little heft to it, I do. Yeah, because I feel like we would normally just use kind of whatever like soccer ball or oh, just sure. like any random ball that would be around. But yeah. I was like, yo, like I want this to be legit, right? Like you a want clubhouse. A ball with some bounce. Yeah, clubhouse. We have a kickball field. I want some legit bases <laughs> and like. A, a really good kickball. So yeah. I feel like this was before I started drawing. This was like, all right, let's just kind of do what all the other kids do with like Kool-Aid stand and like selling things for like five cents. Oh, sure. Being the cornerstone <laughs> of the kid economy. Yeah. Selling powdered beverages on the yeah, side of the road. Exactly. And then just like looking for change underneath the couch and stuff. And I just remember going to the toy store and just like having this bag of change and my parents just being like, just keep that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to count that. Right. It's like, just keep that. And then like, I'll buy the ball and the bases. And I just remember being so excited to like show my friends that's, I mean, well, it's a big accomplishment. I will say that it didn't last long. Like we, <laughs> we like played with it maybe like a couple of days, and then like one weekend, there were some bases that got shredded up by a lawnmower. <laughs> oh god! Um, and then there was one game where the ball got kicked so hard that it went on top of somebody's roof. Oh, <laughs> and it was just way too high for us to get it back you got sandlotted yeah i will never forget this day because i was so scared to go back so i was the owner of this ball right yeah even though like it was for all of us like i would be the one to take it home and like bring it out whenever we would play with it you were the caretaker but i remember being so scared to come home without the ball that day to tell my mom because she she was just like what we essentially like paid for that. Like, you better go get that ball. Like, tell. <laughs> it was like you better go tell the person who who kicked that ball up there to go get it. And oh. at the time, the person who actually kicked the ball up there was not part of our crew. It was like a neighboring <laughs> part crew. of some other league. Yeah, it was like some bigger kids that came by. So I was just like, I just remember bawling and be like. I can't, like, what? I don't, I can't tell them to get that. Like, it's too high. Yeah. Um, oh. But, yeah, God, never, it, yeah. it never came down, and, you know, oh. I, I got chewed out, but uh, I, I feel like that became the end of that. Like, Oh, you didn't we, get another ball? No, it was just, no, I think oh. we ended up kind of just going back to what we started with, <laughs> just kind of, like, oh. raggedness. Yeah. <laughs> um, well... But, yeah, I don't have any great, like, comic <laughs> stories. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, <laughs> like, being able to to have, like, a big, a big project like that that yeah. you're essentially, like, making happen, I feel like that's kind of the creative, like, story anyway. Like, right. you're, you're taking, regardless of what it is, like, you're taking something and being like, ah, the world needs that. Right. And I'm like, yo, we have a club. Now we need this, like, legit kickball setup yeah i mean that's the danger with kickball yeah i mean there's many other dangers such as (laughs) the face kickings and true uh 
I mean, various kickings. Mainly, <laughs> it's pretty much a kick-related injury that you're gonna get. Yeah. I'm very active as a mentor in the design community. I, you know, I'm currently adjunct here. Yeah. At Portland State, and even before that, I've been very involved with. I've had probably like 35, 40 reports um, professionally over the last three years. Wow. I've mentored a lot of people. I love growing young designers when they're super fresh and they need that support. I had so much great support from mentors when I was younger. I always really try to go out of my way to be like a helping hand and making sure to like stick my neck out for people who I can see there's pure talent. And yeah. One of the things that I like a lot about myself is that I feel like I'm a really good talent scout where I can identify like you have the makings of being somebody who's going to be like great you know yeah. i mean even if not like even if somebody like maybe they're not at that point in their career where like they haven't really blossomed because some people just blossom later in their careers if they have the desire to reach out and they have like the courage to like ask somebody who spoke at their design class at the U of O or whatever at, at Portland State and which and everybody if you are a design student have that courage yeah, reach out to people if you reach out I'm like I'm gonna give you the time I've I'm tell a, them that you like their work yeah they will appreciate it like fortunately unfortunately it's kind of how it works where you really need to just like have conversations and talk with people and understand how the industries work and yeah a lot of like that fake um I don't know like that illusion of what success is and what it actually is like I always try to break that down a bit to be like what you think is going to make you successful is actually incorrect yeah um it's a lot uglier than that it's pretty brutal um and you know even the ideas of like what is growth and what is success as a creative um often it's understanding yourself it's not how am I better at the pen tool you know <laughs> how do i know do i know yeah, Figma? sign for your annual evaluation nick yeah your, your pen tool skills have gotten much worse yeah this i know year. i know i don't oh, use the alt key enough get that promotion yeah but it's like do you understand yourself and do you understand yourself as a creative and like what what really makes you unique because i see so many students young designers even people who have been in their career for a long time where they're trying to force themselves to a box that i don't think they really want to be in yeah Myself included. I've been there. I've done that. I still do it. I will, always will. But it's always refreshing when you're like, hey, you you have everything you need from the skill set side. You just need to understand like what your POV is. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Why do you do this? What was the reasons you started to do this to begin with? Yeah. And like tapping into those things is often what brings, at least what I've seen, bring a lot of young designers success. Yeah. It's like finding that like passion thing that, mm -hmm. you know, is at the heart of like what you want to do yeah. instead of what you feel like you have to do <laughs> yeah. for some reason. And there's the hard realities of like, I'm really passionate about this and I also need to make money. And yeah. I think there is a time and a place where you say, I'm going to make money doing this and I'm going to have my passion doing this. And separating those two can be one of the most powerful experiences because if you're a creator, you're a maker, and you feel like you must make to exist in this world, you need to find that space where you can just do that without it being monetized or there being a dollar sign attached to it. You will be so much more happy when Absolutely. you can do that. But I still love pattern mixing. There's something so uh, – it feels like pop rocks on the brain is the only way I can describe it. <laughs> It just like makes me tick. Oh no! Don't add soda to the brain. Then uh, that's how Mikey from the cereal commercials died. Oh. I, I think the no last... one knows who I'm talking about. No, I'm trying to think. Uh, that's was... a reference that's older than I am. No, this is a thing you can cut if you want. But my partner's dad kind of gave it all up. He was an accountant and just decided to grow weed in in Michigan. <laughs> And he, his name is Michael, and he, the first thing that he made business cards for a website that didn't exist, and it was called Mikey Likes It. And I was like, you're a medical marijuana grower, and you want somebody to be like, 
I am really ill. I need your thing. Mikey likes it. <laughs> I was like, no one even fucking calls you Mikey. <laughs> Did he? If someone had called him Mikey, would he dislike it? I don't think he would even turn his head. No one calls him Mikey. <laughs> I mean, you can put this in. He's not going to listen. But he like had a business card that just had like a bunch of weed, just like uh, like a astroturfy kind of texture of just like a a bunch of weed. Yeah. Just like Mikey likes it in like Cooper or something crazy, <laughs> and then like an email and a URL that didn't go anywhere. And he was like fully handing these out to people. Wait, why? Why would he make the cards if he didn't have? I any don't of that know. Set <laughs> but like this brings me back when I was a music major, I wanted to design the album cover before I wanted to make the music for it, and yeah, that's I one guess of those. That's... <laughs> That's one of those moments where I was like, oh, I should be doing design then. All right. Here we go. What words can we practice? <laughs> well, we should do... God, uh, when I when I worked at PICA, the like sound tech people had like this whole like thing that they would run through to test. Yellow so they leather. Blah, 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 like testing yeah. plosives, sibilance. You have a wealth of knowledge in this area. Well, I like I I I pick up. I think this is also like part of the reason maybe that I've trended toward. It's like the visual stuff doesn't always stick with me, but like spoken stuff will. Like one thing I think about still, ten years later, my last year at school, I worked at uh, the UNLV Department of Risk Management and Safety, and I ended up making a lot of safety training courses for them. Hmm. What with all my safety training knowledge that I have, they didn't. They had that. They needed you for the showmanship. No, this was. Th- I was not a showman in these days. <laughs> I was a very, a very quiet fellow. I think Kate is ultimately to blame for that. <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm a being good, honest. I feel like the more I longer i become a designer it's like you need to be a host yeah for just like managing people like making sure people are having a good time on oh the yeah and stuff it's so people-based like, and then also like being a presenter or like their skills i haven't been nurturing over the years i don't know about that i think you're you are you're very personable one-on-one i am when i first <laughs> meet someone but I think maintaining that long. Well, we're also. Thank you. I mean, this is a profession of introverts, ultimately. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm to, an introvert. To, but look, to lock yourself away, though. Yeah. Away from people in order to create things. I'm not an introvert. I love being around people. Oh, but the thing that I was going to say. So the what stuck with me from that job more than any of the terrible flash safety training courses that I made was the cubicle next to me was the guy who did respirator fit testing for everyone on campus and when you do a respirator fit test osha makes you read this thing called the rainbow passage which is truly truly a marvel uh i'm gonna pull it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is this is a this is a passage of text that you have to read when you are this is not it this is much too long so who is coming to do this? These are very large, very burly men who work on the roofs of buildings at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and need respirators just for for their jobs. So like a gigantic guy, a guy who's like six seven and just four hundred pounds of muscle will walk in and sit down in this tiny shitty office chair that we have in there, put on a respirator and go. When the sunlight strikes raindrops in the air, they act as a prism (laughs) and form a rainbow. The rainbow is a division of white light into many beautiful colors. These take the shape of a long, round arch with its high path above 
and its two ends beyond the horizon. There is, according to legend, a boiling pot of gold at one end. People look, but no one ever finds it. When a man looks for something beyond his reach, his friends say he is looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I think that could be an art video. It's true. Like, it, it feels like, like a Ryan Tricartan thing or something. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I, it's just beautiful in a way. It's, re- it's really beautiful, and it makes no sense that they have to do it. And, and it's, an, it's like the visuals of that could be fantastic. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, in like contemplating this idea of going back a little bit through older work and being like, what's embarrassing or what's not, or how does that kind of fit with me? I realized there are a couple of things. Like another later chapter of my design work was at the very beginning of like iPhone three. So I was I worked oh, for a tech sure. company startup and we were designing apps before the app store even existed. So yeah, the, the web app thing. Yep. The- everybody loved we're doing it developers just really were into that and there's nothing i can show from those four years really it's like so dated the ui is so dated yeah and the ux is still like you're like doing nice things like the continuity of how you move through things and the user experience is like solid but they look ridiculous (laughs) this was an era of like gloss buttons so shiny and then the like deep shadow like move from that remember that whatever they call it it's still the skeuomorphism yeah skeuomorphism like it has all of those tropes and I don't know how it's like as someone who hasn't consistently worked in that industry, right? So I did that for a number of years and then kind of stopped doing it. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't go in my book. Like I can't possibly show that because it's embarrassing. And well, that, that whole vibe is just completely evaporated from the world. This is like one of the crux questions about embarrassment as a designer is this idea of being on trend, of course. Yeah. And the longevity of a design is so baked into this for me. Yeah. Well, it's like necessary, but it's also a trap too. It's It both. can't not be both. It's right. That's exactly right. It can't not be both. And it, maybe it's a disservice that what we're describing is that like, so we just disappear the things. Like it's just an interesting thought experiment to actually be like, I can show you work that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like kind of embarrassing. That's evolved. But I'm not showing you the stuff that actually is like, oh, no, you just can't show that. <laughs> that needs a, to be banished from the world. Everything I've produced, I'm just like, no, you just can't show that. Oh, there are like, whole years of my practice that are in a dumpster. Yep. I mean, if I pulled out my NFL Super Bowl app that I designed in like 2010. What? You yeah, made the, the Super Bowl app. We made the Super Bowl app All for right. NFL in 2010. There is so much chrome on that fucking thing that like. <laughs> what is this, a Ford Mustang? It's like a, yeah, it's like, it's like a Michael Bay feature oh, film in, in app form. You know, it's like Transformers in an app. It's like not, um, <laughs> not okay. <laughs> um, but like that stuff is gone, you know, and, and that, that's always also a question about how we kind of present ourselves and appearances as designers about like the the whittling down of the 5% that's visible versus the 100% that builds a livelihood. And that's not the case for everyone, but certainly my practice has felt like that. There's the 5% that I'm either really excited about or proud of or feels close to my heart or whatever it is that like I want to live in the world and want people to see in association um, with me. So it's like, 
it's almost like that's the bigger question almost to me, you know? Well, wasn't that fun? Yeah. So this is uh, this is uh, the the end of our 2022 shows. Um, and I hope it's maybe a good good uh, hopping on point. Speaking of which, hey, if you have enjoyed this show and you want to kind of share it with somebody, um, this might be actually a great episode to share just to give them a little context about what this whole ding dang thing is about. Um you know, just tell a friend, maybe maybe actually like uh, buy them um, a gift card to the Olive Garden and then um, send them a, a regular card that you get from Hallmark um, and say that like if if you want this Olive Garden gift card, then you have to subscribe to Did I Do That, the podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes. Not one of the other ones that are Family Matters Recaps podcasts. There's several of those. Um, but, you know, this one is specifically about design. Um, and then, uh, you know, if they do it, then you can give them the Olive Garden gift card. And if they don't, then you get a wonderful trip to the land of soup, salad, and unlimited breadsticks. Um, or wait, no, I think I think it's the... The soup and the salad are still unlimited, right? And the breadsticks you now have to pay more for if you eat more. Pay more, eat more. <laughs> it's really the, the dining model of the future. Um, it's, it's here today at the Olive Garden. Um, but anyway, yeah, tell a friend about this show. Give them an Olive Garden gift card that you hold hostage. Um, and uh, also, uh, you know, if you don't have any in-person friends that you, you feel like would, would be a good fit for this, um, first of all, get some because, you know, I think they're probably going to be a fun time to hang around with. Um, but also leave, leave a review um, on on a service that you can do that on. Apple Podcasts is a great one. I I know that there's a ton of people listening through that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a place where podcast reviews are commonplace. Five stars, if you can, also when you do that. Um, yes. <laughs> the problem is I have these things written down. This part I do have written down, unlike the part at the beginning where I was just losing my mind. And I'm reading the things out of order, and now I... Every time I look at my little blue card, my my David Letterman-esque blue card, the things are not where I expect them to be because I'm reading the card out of order. Um, so, uh, yes, you can follow the show on Instagram uh, at uh, diddiduthat.design. Um, you can also, speaking of that, actually, you can now listen to the show on YouTube. I don't want to say watch because it is just kind of a static photo there's no video on there. Just to be absolutely clear with everybody, that's not a video uh, service by which you can enjoy this this content. But if you prefer to get your podcast that way, which apparently a lot of people do, um, we are on there also at did I do that dot design. That's youtube.com slash uh, at did I do that dot design. Use the at sign. Don't type out the at. We all know how that works now. Um, we're also on Twitter still for the time being. Again, as of this recording, it still exists. Um, it's getting more tenuous by the minute, it seems like. <laughs> it's really, really, really questionable. Um, you can also, uh, you know, get some some news through uh, some other services. We've got a Patreon up there um, where I'm going to be publishing uh, episode, uh, you know, recaps and images from here on out. Uh, as well, if you want to follow the show there and, you know, potentially give a little money to, to support its production. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that's all we have. And I just threw the card and you can't hear that I did that because that's not a loud enough sound for the microphone to pick up. But trust me, I did it. Um, <laughs> maybe that's how we close the show. Um, this is Did I Do That? I'm Sean Schumacher. And for the close of our very first year, the close of 2022, and for all the years ahead... Oh, shit, I forgot what I said. (laughs) All right, that's it. Bye. This is a bad business plan for me, podcast-wise. Did I actually read the intro for this show? <laughs> I'm realizing. It. I don't think so. I don't think so either. You talked about it. Whoops. Uh, well, maybe I should just leave this in at this point in the episode and not move it. Are we just starting? Uh, no. I th- I think I think a lot of that is going to actually be show me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I'm just going to see myself out. <laughs> I fucking knew this would happen. I'm dead now. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Why don't you do this 20 more times and then I'll come back? Yeah, someday I'm going to learn how to. I think I think this is going to be one of those shows where it gets less, <laughs> less structured <laughs> as I do it. As your podcast goes along, you're just going to get more comfortable and you're just going to be like, that's Let's just basically have fun. also the pattern that I've had with my use of the English language. So, you know, it's not, it's not improved. People I've not would be like, wasn't this like design related? They're yeah. just talking about frozen pizzas the whole time. <laughs> I mean, delicious frozen pizzas though. <laughs> um, all right.